We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast about PG-13, so if you have any younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. With that, I'm Abby. I'm Katie. Oh, it's me. Hi, I'm Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Emily A. And I'm Emily B. And with that, welcome to the one year of the Conservation Queen. Oh my Happy gosh! Year. After one year, we would have that uh, like round off. We still <laughs> don't know cool. our names. We're still learning okay. them, okay? <laughs> it's hard. There's Honestly, like... who would have thought we would have been still doing this? Truly. Nope, I thought we were going to give up after about amazed. four episodes. <laughs> Yeah, we're still here. Never. We're still here. We're you guys remember it. that one episode that was so boring? We all were just like in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to submit this one. <laughs> yes. We literally got like 40 minutes into that, and then we were like, yeah, this is all gone. We're like, is this working? <laughs> <laughs> what was that one? I don't even remember that. I think we were talking about like being a zookeeper, but like we hadn't figured out how to structure yet. And so. Right. Yeah, oh, what yes, a mess. No, uh, speaking of being zookeepers, Katie, do you have some news? I Ooh. Um, so this these past couple of weeks have been kind of chaotic, um, which is why we missed a week. But I uh, have left the company that we all work with, the zoo that we all work at, and I accepted a new keeper position at a different zoo. Yeah! Woo! So she did it! Is back in animal care, which is really cool. Oh, jeez, Louise, Ellie. She's so excited. I'm so sorry. No, oh, my God. Thank you, Ellie. I'm very happy, too. Come here, Ellie. Good God. Izumi yeah. is not allowed to be in the room, so she won't be making any more noises. She's also spayed now, so she won't make any more noises. Well, has she been doing well? Oh, yeah, she's doing great. Um, so, Abby, would you like to tell us an abbreviated version of how the Conservation Queens came to be? Yes. Um, oh God, there's a huge lizard at my window. Sorry. I just was like... <laughs> <laughs> upon a time there was a huge lizard. Sorry, <laughs> the it threw me off. Queens were born. <laughs> um, so I had wanted to do a podcast for a while, and I had talked to Emily at work, and she was like, "I would also like to do a podcast because I want to yell at people about giant clams it's more true. than just like an hour a day." Um, and then the pandemic hit. So even though COVID has not been fun for anybody it's not a good thing one really cool thing out of it is we actually started the podcast because we felt that the need to still be educating people about animals even though we couldn't do it at our job so we figured out a different way to do it we missed it we missed it a lot we really did and like i still i'm i'm so grateful for it because we were friends before but now i feel like we're all close friends we're like, I would okay. We're like brothers, only closer. <laughs> <laughs> this is this, my friends, is what you call trauma bonded. <laughs> Where's the lie? But it's been really great because um, I 
personally, I can't speak for everybody, but I've really connected with these ladies and it's, I didn't really have like a close friend group um, after I moved out of college um, that was close. And so being able to have these girls to like talk to and mess around with and like come to my wedding and all that kind of stuff has been the best thing. So I'm thankful for you guys. I never cry. So with that, good (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, This is what happens again when you get all five of us on an episode. Um, And we haven't (laughs) talked to each other in like two weeks. It's true. So this week is going to be a little bit different. Um, We're going to be doing things. um, This is our one year anniversary episode. So everything's just kind of thrown out the window. Q&A, baby. Let's go. Uh, We asked on our Instagram what you guys wanted to hear from us for our one year anniversary. Um, A bunch of you submitted great questions. And then we also had someone just say, well, you should do a Q&A. And we're like, well, obviously, yes, that's a great idea. Um, so I have put together a list of a couple different questions. And I figure we'll just kind of roundtable it. Um, we'll go around. We'll try to go in the same order each time to keep it consistent. Um, this is just kind of like get to know you. So if you maybe missed the beginning of our podcast and haven't listened to the first episode um, or have just kind of been picking and choosing – you're going to um, get to know us now. Yes. Now you have no choice to find out what we really are. Um, and then uh, someone in the Instagram poll, what, their question was, how did we get into this? How do we get into, you know, conservation? <laughs> um, and so we're going to take a special, you know, hot take on that at the end. But this is a hot take. Well, it's not a hot no take. No one's going to be like, that's not how you got into conservation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Um, we're going to take a deeper look into that how's that there you go um so the first question is just kind of a where are you from and what would you consider your home zoo or aquarium so for each question like i said we're going to try to go in the same order um i'm going to go first and lead off the question so i am originally from a small town well it's not really small but it's called rock island illinois it is neither a rock nor an island um i agree it's very (laughs) dumb it's It's not a cornfield, but it's surrounded by cornfields. That's what I like to tell people. Um, My home zoo is a small zoo called Nyabi Zoo. Um, I talked quite a bit about them on one of the, like, uh, so let's talk about zoo episodes. Um, They're a great little small zoo. And then my home aquarium would be Shed Aquarium, um, which is in Chicago, but that's a couple hours away. But um, that's me. I think, Kenzie, you're up next. So this first question, I'm not going to lie, always gives me, like, war flashbacks. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, Kenzie, like, you lived a lot of places. Yes, and funny enough, I You're literally... Time <laughs> so, so she's lived yeah, many I'm, lives. Yeah, I'm from a military family, and so I got shuffled around a lot growing up. I was originally born in this tiny little village in Germany uh, called Gernhausen. And we lived in an apartment building that used to serve as SS quarters during the war. So yeah. <laughs> read wow. into that as you will. Um, so we bounced around a lot. And I think funny enough, since the pandemic hit, this has probably been the most stable I've had in like all my 25 years. <laughs> I mean, there's honest. those little bright spots though, right? Like that's the pandemic sucks. It really sucks. I definitely got off a lot easier with the pandemic than a lot of other people did. And that's on privilege, baby. <laughs> oh my God. But there yeah, are some so good things that have come out of it, which is instead nice. Instead of like your home zoo, then maybe what's your favorite zoo? 
Well, I, oh gosh, that's, that's a hard question. <laughs> that's harder than what's your are asking the hard questions tonight. I will say, I think what got me started in zoos, um, I was a, a youth volunteer with San Antonio, Texas Zoo, which if you guys ever get the chance to definitely check it out, it one. holds a very special place in my heart. I think that and we'll talk about it later on this episode, but I think that's one of the big turning points and what got me into conservation. So shout out to the San Antonio Zoo. If anyone who works there listens to this podcast. Give I us free tickets. No, but. Oh my goodness. Emily A., how about you? <laughs> oh no. My mouth is full with fish. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> it's okay, it Abby. Ready, <laughs> okay. So, it's kind of interesting because, like, my name tag at work, it says I am from where I was born, which is New Orleans. Um, but, like, I've grown up with my father living there and my mom living here. So, I feel like I kind of have two homes. So, I'm going to pick two. It was an aquarium. <laughs> Um, for new orleans obviously it's audubon zoo great zoo we love them they have a huge diversity of animals very impressive um and then here you know the zoo i have visited the most is the one i currently work at in central florida so that's the best i can give for that one (laughs) rough (laughs) just kidding a lot of you know because you know us but yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't, you'll never feel never know. Yeah, it's actually like really funny because growing up, my mom has also worked for the same place and I was always saying, "Oh, I'm never going to work there. That's never going to <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> That's it sucks you right in. Mhm. All right, Abby, you're up next. Uh, so for those who don't know, I'm from Minnesota. Oh, my good God. <laughs> I, that's like, I feel like I'm the least surprising one because when I get worked up, the accent comes out real thick. And then <laughs> and, you all make fun of me. And the only, well, not the only, but the main zoo that Abby definitely talks about <laughs> on this podcast is the Minnesota it's Zoo. It's definitely the Minnesota Zoo. Um, the reason I consider that my home zoo, it's my first place I ever, it's my first zoo I ever worked at that was an AZA accredited zoo. Um, the other place I'd worked was a nature center, so they weren't accredited because they were a nature center. Um, but also, I grew up going to that zoo all the time. And so that's what, like, there were dolphins at that zoo, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, but that's why I, like, really started liking animals. So I know they're big, sexy megafauna, but, like, dolphins yep, got me yep, into animals. Sure so. They and they them. were bottomless dolphins, Emily. I'm so sorry. Frickin' dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, okay. yeah, that's my home zoo for those who have never listened to an episode of this podcast before. <laughs> Shocking if this is your first one. <laughs> Katie, right. what about you? Yeah. Well, I grew up uh, on Long Island, New York. Um, so if you've ever it's that little tail hanging off the bottom. Um, that's that's Long Island, and I and it is know. unlike Emily's Rock Island. It is long, and it is an island. It is, yeah, it is pretty long, and it is actually an island. So the name is pretty accurate. Um, and I lived like right smack dab in the middle. So I lived about an hour and a half from New York City itself, 
um but then like another hour-ish to the end like to where um like the Hamptons and all those beaches are so I didn't really have a home zoo growing up because the nearest big zoo would be like the Bronx Zoo or the Central Park Zoo um and those would be like you know maybe trips we'd take once or twice a year but there was a nature center near my house it's called the Sweetbriar Nature Center and Rehabilitation Center and I went there all the time because they had um they had some farm animals so like you know your classic pigs goats sheep what have you but they also did a lot of rescue and rehab so they always had birds of prey like eagles and falcons um, and foxes, like just some random assortment of animals. So I always considered that the place that I would go when I wanted my animal fix. Amazing. So shout out to Sweetbriar. I, I love them so much. All right. So that brings us to our next question. Um, the topic of our very first episode called the Great oh Animal Debate. Oh if boy. you have not given that one a listen, highly recommend possibly one of our greatest episodes. Um, <laughs> it was it was the one where we didn't know what we were doing, so it's extra funny because you can it, hear us all being like, I'm trying to be funny, and now it's like, uh, who cares? Um, it's also so this one is because we yes, didn't know how to shut up. And we oh my gosh, it. it's like an hour and a half. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, so this one is, what is your favorite animal? And then I gave you guys the option if you want to give a terrestrial and marine or just one or the other, totally up to you. Okay, I have a problem with this. <laughs> of course you do. Because the aerial ones? Yeah. What is, well, this one could be like, what is your, you know, favorite What's a bird that nests moment? on land? At the moment. And yeah, there you go. It changes Whatever. every moment. I could tell you right now, I'm working with like a whole bunch of new animals, and some of them have already captured my heart and soul, and I would die for them. I'm so the excited time. to visit you so I can just see you in your happy place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So, kicking off favorite animal uh, answers, I'll go ahead and go first again. Wow. Um, what could her answer be? <laughs> obviously, the correct answer is beluga whales. Um, <laughs> Followed closely by giant clams, spotted eagle rays, oh, um, and then giant clams. Those are my top three. Those are all marine. Terrestrial, though. If I had to pick a terrestrial animal, I really <laughs> like uh, things with long snoots. So, like anteaters, papers, papiers, echidnas. Uh, yes, anything with a long snoot gets me. Love it. So, like an <laughs> elephant. Yeah. Good booping quality. Exactly. You all can right, boop Kenzie. from a distance. <laughs> Kenzie, what do you got? Let me guess. It flies. <laughs> it doesn't fly, but it's not a bird and it's not a plane. Oh. It's a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I love all bats. There's over 1,300 different species of them known worldwide. They are underappreciated and underrepresented. Agreed. I really love vampire bats, though, because they actually perform what's called allopatry so essentially it's a social structure where you know it's I scratch your back you scratch mine so in vampire bat colonies they've actually found that they will adopt or babysit baby bats while their mothers oh. are gone off to go feed or if their mothers did not return to the colony oh. and it's also been shown that vampire bats will forego a meal 
to feed the sick or elderly of the colony as well. Oh, how kind. Underrepresented, underappreciated. Again, I just love them so much. And misrepresented for vampire bats because Absolutely everyone's so best. scared, but they're like the cutest. They're no, they're cute. the absolute best and I love them with my whole soul. Um, I also, though, would like to give a honorary mention to the black-footed cat because <gasps> it is one of the most efficient hunters within the feline family and i also relate to it because i am also small and full of rage and very cute that's true they are accurate look them up they're great (laughs) (laughs) all right it comes to me now yes uh my favorite terrestrial animal i mean you all know it's a hyena (laughs) yes has really changed their um <laughs> their favorites but wait we didn't hear kenzie's marine favorite oh you're right oh oh okay um what if you say bottlenose dolphin i will come through this though <laughs> no, <laughs> I will absolutely not i don't think any of us are gonna say that no i also stand in the camp of dolphins are chaotic evil um and do not deserve as much love as they are given when compared to other animals Which being said, I would just like to give out a blanket statement to sharks. I love sharks. (gasps) Girl, you got it. You got it. The Greenland shark is estimated to live up to, what, over 400 years? They're wacky. Sexual maturity until 150 years. And all they do is they just sit at the bottom of the ocean and eat and chill. And that's what I aspire to be. Oh, the stories (laughs) they could tell. I yeah, but also epaulette sharks are pretty amazing. They're cute. They're pretty adorable. We'll have to do shark episode version two because I would love to do more shark oh, stuff. Oh yeah, Emily and shark I killed 2.0. that episode. That was a really great episode. Actually, looking back on it, Emily and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> but right. well, how about you, Emily? You uh, have a marine favorite. You know, if I had to pick, <laughs> I actually, you know, I don't really have like a favorite marine animal because i literally know nothing about marine life which if she works in an aquarium (laughs) really i was also going to say like i should know more than i do because my grandfather was a shark biologist but oh my god (laughs) um you know if i had to pick any i would say something that i think would be super freaking cool to see in the wild and i would say a narwhal Good oh, choice. I thought you were going to say um, a manta ray, but that is also a good I thought answer. you were going to say whale shark, also a good answer. I mean, those would also be really great to see in the wild, but you can see them in a zoo. No one has no That's life. true. That's, that's true. That's a good Accurate. point, actually. And they're hard to get to. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> I mean, for like wimpy southerners, sure, but like we have no wow. problem. All right. I will cry. My tears will turn into ice. (laughs) All right, Abby, what do you got? Uh, So I'm going to say two terrestrial animals because one's a bird and one's not a bird. Um, And then a marine animal, too. And you guys all know the answer to this already. It's going to be zero surprise. It's going to be a PTP. So, um, yeah, PTPs, prehensile tailed porcupines, favorite animal because their noses are, I would argue, the most poopable. This is true. I would actually agree with that statement, yes. You know what I mean? Squish marshmallow. Giant pink marshmallow nose. Um, so if you want to hear me rant about how cute and amazing they are, you can listen to the first episode. Because that, again, I could talk for like an hour about them. Um, my favorite bird currently, because I have lots of favorite birds, 
uh, currently if you is... say great Argus pheasant, I'm gonna that's what I was going to say. Ah! <laughs> I knew it! Specifically, uh, the great Argus pheasant female that we've got at our facility because she comes and stands by me and she's she's slowly taken over, well, not slowly, quickly taken over my entire heart to the point where one of our friends made me a sticker that says that I'm part of her fan club. Uh <laughs> She is a nugget. She does like if you're like setting up the table in the morning, she comes over and pecks at it because she wants to be a part of whatever you're doing. Uh, the tr- the uh, team that we work with says that she's there to monitor us <laughs> to make sure that we're behaving. <laughs> I was like, that's probably true. Um, and then my favorite marine animal. I don't know if we've talked about this before. I love loggerhead sea turtles yeah, yep mm-hmm. and like yes. other sea turtles too but loggerheads specifically because they're the the turtles with the biggest head and the smallest amount of brain cells they are big <laughs> uh no thoughts head empty energy i, I think i was no talking <laughs> i was talking to the keeper for our the, my my very special loggerhead that we have at our aquarium and he was like i think he has two brain cells competing for third place <laughs> Uh, truly, <laughs> truly. okay so um and then okay katie your favorite yes. animal oh well it's obviously simings but i will mention a couple of my other favorite primates that are out there <laughs> um <laughs> we got your honorable mentions honorable mentions like right right up there with simings are gonna be cotton top tamarins oh my god I love yes them. good so so much just absolute perfection in a teeny tiny little body and they don't uh, freak me out like the other primates do which i like oh well that's nice <laughs> they're, they're, they are great and then um gorillas gorillas are just they're amazing i love them the new zoo that i work at also has a group of gorillas and they're pretty pretty great i, I am gonna miss our gorillas a lot like a lot I did say goodbye to them on my last day. I took the long way out so I could oh. go say goodbye because I love oh. them. Um, well, you can visit us anytime, Katie. This is true. This is true. And then for my favorite marine, I was going to say like bottlenose dolphins as a whole in general. <laughs> but so like right up there, my two favorite marine sharks. Um, my favorite shark is probably a sandbar shark. Actually, no, I take that back. Sand tiger shark. I was I- like... You know it's Gilligan. And- yeah, I know it is. Okay, yes. Sand tiger sharks are probably my favorite. And then my other favorite marine animal is a manatee. I, oh God, I love them so much. They're, They're also head empty, no thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> I love that energy. I love any animal that gives off that vibe. That's the best. I was going to say, I don't think they're quite as much energy as a loggerhead sea turtle, but like they're in the top 10 as well. They have five brain cells and a loggerhead has two. Yes. See, I kind of live for the animals who are just like chaotic evil. That's do you so see you guys dolphins? dolphins is what you're saying. <laughs> I like oh, the no, ones no. who are like chaotic neutral. Those are my favorite, which is why I like the, those two animals at our facility because they are well, okay, no. The bird is chaotic evil, but the, <laughs> but the, I feel like the turtle's chaotic neutral because he really does not know what's going on. I feel like he's just a true neutral. <laughs> He's yeah. not that chaotic. Okay. I mean, I mean, dolphins aren't my total fave, even though they're chaotic evil. But it's just because they're just overrated. You know, it's they're true. Just- it's not that we don't like them. 
Emily, that makes it's a new animal. <laughs> that makes sense for you because hyenas are a thousand percent a chaotic evil. Yes, uh huh. <laughs> I also like painted dogs. They're also chaotic. they are also <laughs> they're more chaotic evil than hyenas are. <laughs> True. <laughs> that can be another episode we can do. We'll do D and D like alignments alignments Ooh, for a bunch wait. of different animals wait that's actually we can celebrate my birthday with the next episode and i can uh judge your most chaotic evil <gasps> perfect mm, yeah like another ba- battle royale what's our next question emily uh the next question is thank you katie um the next question is what is your favorite conservation queens episode so far oh shoot um Ooh. i pulled up a list of all of them so i'm doing good. that right now <laughs> too like um, i don't remember what we talked about but I have to say, I like was looking through all of them, thinking that maybe something would be better than the giant clam episode. Um, <laughs> but spoiler alert, I truly think that that was my favorite episode, not only because I just got to talk about giant clams the whole time, but um, that was the episode that I personally got the most feedback from people that I know from. Um, and it was very nice to have people be like, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about giant clam. And now I know so many things about giant clams. And now I'm like, everybody's a giant clam person. So whenever they have a giant clam question, they come to me. And that brings me a lot of joy. I mean, that's what we do. It's true. Well, at work the other day, two separate people, and I no longer work with these group of girls right now, um, thanks to COVID. But um, I work with Kenzie still right now. But um, two, two other people who are not conservation queens and we're not on our regular team uh, came up to me with an article that they had found about giant clams. And they're like, Emily, <gasps> oh, have you wow. seen this? And I was like, what? Wow, you really do care. Amazing. Uh, Kenzie, do you have a favorite episode? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. It's I funny because if you're not sure, like, so you can go on our the Spotify and see all of them and seeing them all. Like, we've done so many. <laughs> we really have. Like, honestly, I'm looking back. I'm like, wow, I don't even remember doing I know. Something. That's why it's like some of them I really, I was like, oh, yeah, we did an episode about that. And it was great. Yes. Kenzie, do you remember the episode that we did together? That was such a nice episode. I really enjoyed that episode. That was the uh, sustainability one, right? Yeah, the holiday shopping. Yeah, the holiday yeah. shopping. That's it. Yeah. That was a good time. I enjoyed it. was. That. Yeah. I also will say, though, because I feel like I'm obligated to, I did enjoy the bat toll royale for my birthday. Mm, that was yep. fun. That yep. was a good time. And Katie, I must confess... I liked yours the best. Ah! <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah, several months later. I do like bumblebee bats. But there's no suckers on their wings. Too bad. Oh. You're welcome. I never win that. I have so many bats. Those are the top two. I have not won a single battle royale. Can we talk about that for a second? I'm well, angry. No. Well, no. Try harder next time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now you have the chaotic evil to pick, so pick a good chaotic evil animal. But we already talked about dolphins. Well, dolphins, there are plenty to choose from. That's true. We could also do the most memeable, the one that you just want to roast hard. We did that. (laughs) That's called hot takes. Oh, you're right. You're right. (laughs) One thing I will say when looking at all of our episodes together is um, we are really good at the name game and naming these episodes. I mean, yeah. I think we are. I don't know if anyone else thinks we are. That's fair. <laughs> but I like, enjoy for us. For example, um, sharks in all capitals, and then the world's most misunderstood angels. 
Yeah. I'm going to take full credit for that. (laughs) I don't name them, but I've enjoyed a lot of the, like, fun ones. Uh, The Battle Royale, I took, I did that one, but I was pretty proud of that. It's pretty good. That was pretty good. Emily A, do you have a favorite one? Yeah, so... I actually, like, really love our Battle Royale episodes, and my two favorites, because I can't decide, um, are actually the ones that we did for Abby and Katie, the one about burbs. Burbs, <laughs> yeah. That was a great one. It was a good one. And then the National Parks one. I actually had a lot of fun doing oh, yeah. those. Oh, well, that I was a good I a lot one. of fun with that one, too. Incredible. Abby, do you have a favorite episode? Is it the I, bird episode? Uh, it's a little bit the bird episode, but also... I really, really liked our episode where we talked about um, hot takes. That, that was, was really good. good. It is fun to roast. It is. And I feel like we were genuinely we were genuinely funny <laughs> for that one, which is good. <laughs> um, but I also really liked our Purple Martins episode because we got to do our first interview. And that was like a yeah. really, really fun one. That's oh, true. yeah. Shout out to Michelle. Thank you so much. That was really cool. Yeah. Come That's hang true. out with us. I want to hang out with you. Shout out to Michelle for crashing my FaceTime with David today at lunch. Good times, good times. I got home and David was like, why did she have to talk to me so much? And I was like, she's exactly like me, dude. Katie, what was your favorite episode? Uh, yes, Katie, favorite, so, favorite episode. I'm going to go pretty far back, but I think one of my favorite episodes, well, I'm going to say a couple. So one of them was actually our exotic pet trade um, episode. Yeah, I just really like that talking about the topic and you know how important it is. But I thought that one was a good one. I did really like our Tiger King episode just because it needed to be addressed, and it was so fun to roast that stuff. It felt very yeah cathartic to let all of my emotions out on that one. So I definitely enjoyed that one too. And then my probably my favorite one is the problem with palm oil. Um, oh that's a good one i got to talk about a lot of my favorite animals in that one and how we can help them we do love that all right uh next question um we're gonna speed things along and let's see this one rapid fire so don't think just answer uh what (laughs) did you want to be when you grew up when you were little uh i wanted to be a veterinarian that did not pan out kenzie (laughs) <laughs> uh, funny enough i also wanted to be a veterinarian slash paleontologist <laughs> amazing emily Ooh. um i wanted to be either also a veterinarian or a zookeeper and i have no interest in doing either <laughs> abby what do you got funnily enough uh when i was before kindergarten i wanted to be an artist good that's an actual thing now um and then after kindergarten i wanted to be a marine biologist well, I'm just picturing like baby Abby being like a marine biologist. Uh, there was a great. point where there was like a magic school bus contest in school where you could like write books about things. And my friend and I literally made like a magic school bus book with our class about dolphins that we submitted. Of course you did. <laughs> I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, okay? And then I started working with like birds and I was like, these are cooler. So leave me alone. Abby- I was I was six. You outgrew being basic. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Katie, what did you want to be? I, before, like, getting into, like, school and stuff, I did want to be a rock star because. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If you have not heard Katie say you need to do yourself a favor because she is the best singer I think I've ever heard in my life. She's so good. 
She I just really wanted did. to be the next Britney Spears when I was three. And then, oh, yes. Um, I think as I got a little bit older, I actually wanted to be a wildlife photographer for like the longest time. That would be cool, Ooh. though. And also a veterinarian. <laughs> as you can see, kids, being a veterinarian is the gateway drug to loving animals. Honest <laughs> <laughs> to God, though. Because I feel like when you're a kid, that's like when you tell people you love animals, they're like, oh, you're going to be a veterinarian. And you're like, uh, sure. Like, I'm yeah. an adult and people still are like, oh, are you trying to be a veterinarian? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> there are more uh, job options out there for you to work with or in conjunction with animals. Like there's still, there's a world of vets aren't important, but I do not for all the vets out there. I don't know how y'all do it. Literally, that's the thing. I don't have the right personality to be able to handle that kind of stress. So <laughs> yeah, I, I could not do vet school. Just no, no, I failed organic chemistry. There's no way I, I failed organic chemistry twice. So, <laughs> am I the only person that actually was like really into being a vet, like pretty much halfway through college? I was say, you, you actually like were there, you were gonna I do actually it. I became a vet assistant, I was Dang shadowing God. a vet for like two years. Um, it wasn't until one of like the horse vet I was shadowing, she started talking to me about animal behavior. And I was like, wait, that's like way cooler than medicine. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's why I majored in it, baby. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, this one, I don't know if everybody has an answer for this. Um, and I kind of want to speed it along so we can get to our second section of the episode. Um yeah. So actually, I'm just going to, you know what, we're not even going to ask it. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to tie it in to our next section because I'm sure that it will just come with it. Fair point. Fair You're point. not wrong. So the question of the day really is how did we get into this? Um, how did we get to where we are today um, without giving our entire resume in a podcast? Um, <laughs> do we want to so, focus more on like why we got interested yes. in it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. I'm going to basically just talk about um, two moments that happened for me personally. Um, so the first thing, um, when I was in sixth grade, um, my teacher asked us to write down on an index card what our sixth grade goal was and what our life goal was. And for my sixth grade goal, I was like, oh, get good grades, have all A's, like whatever. Um, but then for my life goal, and I, to this day, I could not tell you what possessed me to write this, but I wrote, be a marine biologist in Hawaii. Don't know why I wrote that, but I was like, that seems like a good plan. Let's do that. Um, and so when I graduated with my marine biology degree from the University of Hawaii, um, my mom actually had that index card framed for me. <gasps> oh, so that was a big moment oh, for I'm little baby sure. Emily. Oh, I hope that you have that in your house. Wow. I think it's at my parents' house. Either that or it's upstairs somewhere. I have to go find it. But I still have it somewhere. Um, and then the other one was – so when I was an undergrad um, – I was going through a really tough time. I think it was junior or senior, sophomore, I don't know, somewhere in college. I don't remember. But we, I was going through a really tough time, like didn't really know what I wanted to do with my degree. Like I knew I loved marine biology. I had started to like dip my toes in the waters of education at the Waikiki Aquarium. Like I kind of was getting an idea that this could be it. Um, but then we went to a place called Dolphin Quest. Um, there's a couple of facilities that they have, but one is on Oahu. And we went there as part of a club thing, like outing. And the lady who was giving us the tour basically introduced herself and she was like, hi, like I'm the director of education at this facility. And I literally stopped her after that sentence. 
because I was like, I'm sorry, you are what? That's a job that you can have. Uh, (laughs) And I like took her information down and like was emailing her back and forth. But after that, it was like, okay, this is it. This is the path. Like I'm into it. Um, I've always loved animals. Like that was never in question, but like teaching other people about animals and finding out that that was a career, that was a game changer. And I have not looked back since. Oh, that is honestly such a sweet story. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's not very sappy, but like that was the moment I I'll tell you when she said that she was director of education, I literally turned to my best friend and I was like bawling my eyes out. And she was like, what is your problem? And I was like, (laughs) I was like, this is this is it this is the job I needed she was like okay you need to calm down I'm like I'm like you don't understand (laughs) it was a good moment it was a good time in my life Kenzie what was your crazy life-changing moment I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Kenzie what do you think I don't know (laughs) well Kenzie you're gonna Mine is kind of, I don't know, too, but we'll let you go first just to let you feel a little bit better. I also don't know. (laughs) I think for me, um, to paraphrase a certain quote from a certain book written by Jane Austen, I hardly knew I was in it until I was in the middle of it. Um, (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah, I just, I've always loved animals. I, I remember when I was little like six years old I would wake up early to go watch nature documentaries on you know animal planet and yeah my my mom would come downstairs to help me get ready for school or whatever and she'd see me just watching a episode about say elephants um and then of course I got to volunteer at the San Antonio Zoo and I think that really showed me that hey there are things out there in the world that you can make a difference with by educating people and be excited about and know that you can do so hold can I restart no <laughs> you're doing great no. you're doing great no, I'll good. just cut I'll just cut whatever but go ahead yeah um I don't know if I necessarily have defining moments more so as just moments that reaffirmed why I loved animals and why I love being in conservation and telling people about all these cool things and how you can help. Definitely being a volunteer for the volunteer youth group in San Antonio was a pretty big formative experience for me because it showed me all these different avenues you could take and caring for animals and caring for the planet And it was just such a fun job because I felt like, or opportunity rather, because every time I would come back home, my mom would ask, oh, what'd you do? And I had a different story each and every time. And that was really neat. Um, And I think another experience I had was going to Botswana. Sorry, I'm going to cry. Because, you know, I had wanted to, um... (laughs) I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, I wanted to go to Africa since I was itty bitty and I had scrimped and saved my money to do a volunteer research trip with African Conservation Experience and I got to go to the Okavango Delta and we were out in the northern pans of Botswana and we were you know counting um, sightings of large megafauna on these former hunting concessions to see if one, these former hunting concessions could provide a stable form of sustenance or um, finances for the people living there through ecotourism. 
And two, also, it was part of a long-term monitoring program to see how species richness and diversity would change over time and congruence with, say, climate change and also decisions made by wildlife management. Um, but uh, we're going to get a little, a little sad here. <laughs> but that was a really big time for me because I had really been struggling um, with my mental health. And this was something I had kept promising myself that if you give up, you're not going to be able to do this, you know? And so knowing that I had survived essentially long enough to get to do what I wanted to do. I am giving you the biggest virtual hug right now, Kenzie. <laughs> We're all crying in the club. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the game. So um, in a selfish way, uh, being involved in the conservation world, you know, we all want to be heroes and we all want to save something, even if that means getting to save ourselves. <laughs> so I love you, Kenzie. Yeah, I love you too. Um, we love you so much, Kenzie. <laughs> But now I work in horticulture, so I don't know. What <laughs> now can we to the plants? Plants, plants are plants part of the earth. <laughs> it's technically sustainable agriculture, so it's still in my field of study. It's still related. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have no plants. We all die. So I yeah. would say it's pretty related. <laughs> well, I like to think that it's kind of a holding spot, at least for now, until I can get back into the full swing of, of zoos because, you know, it's hard. It's a hard. It's a hard time out there, and I will say for anyone going into the science field, you know, it is. You don't do it for the money, nope. unless I don't know. You're in oh. IT or engineering, but <laughs> it is a you. worthy profession. Uh huh. It is a worthy it, profession, and it is truly a profession driven by passion, and that's what makes it so unique. Truly, yeah. It's not something that people do because they want to make money or they want to have a big ego it's because they care yeah I'm on another note i club. just watched a lizard eat another lizard on my window <laughs> <laughs> amazing this wow. is why we do what we do Nat geo's <laughs> outside my window I, I truly feel like only this group of girls can take something very heavy and emotional to very off topic in <laughs> I just saw cannibalism. Well, because I was crying, and so then I like looked up, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." Two sentences later, I'm, I don't know, dude. I'm a roller coaster. Emily, what about you? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I feel like I have truly just stumbled into this world. I mean, I when I think back, I don't have any zoo or wildlife memories that were just kind of like my aha moments. I, like I said, I really had my heart set on being a veterinarian. I went to college for it. I went to a specific college for it um, and really was obsessed with it. <laughs> um, and I even, like, like I said, I got my vet assisting certification, all that stuff, only to realize it was not my passion. Um, but while I was doing that, I fell in love with just animals in general. And when I think back, the moment that I think of 
is when I was riding horses and there was this one horse. The horse girl of me is going to come out now. <laughs> um, his name was Destiny. He was a lovely Oh, horse, but- oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, I didn't actually realize the significance of that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. It's your destiny, destiny. <laughs> the greatest oh. line ever written for a movie is that one from Finding Dory. It's true. <laughs> so. um, well, this horse was a very challenging horse and literally no one could ride him. He would get very pissy at anyone who tried to ride him except myself and another person named Emily, actually. Um, and he was just very untrusting. And it wasn't until one day when I was cleaning his stall because I had to clean stalls to pay for my lessons. Um, he just like rolled over while I was in there and then just laid down and for those of you who don't know, oh, that is so the most. You. Yeah, it's the most vulnerable a animal like a horse can be around you because they're exposing themselves in a vulnerable position where they cannot protect themselves. So that was just him saying that he trusted me, and that was just a very special moment for me that just kind of catapulted me into loving animals. Um, So then, you know, like I said, from there, I went into my vet world and I had an existential crisis because I realized I don't want to be a veterinarian. (laughs) And I was like 19 or 20. Um, And that's when I met someone that currently works at my zoo and she recommended me to the internship that got me involved. And here I am. I just stumbled upon it. (laughs) Um, And through this experience, I have truly bound to fall in love with supporting people to make a difference in the world for animals and as cheesy as it sounds every single time I say it I want to like kick myself but it just it really fulfills me and it's actually pretty recently I've had kind of that aha moment that this is like what I'm meant to do with my life and in my job every time I think about it my eyes water but we had someone everyone wrote anonymously on a card like nice things about each other and so everyone had very nice things to say about everyone of course but one person specifically wrote that I make people feel important and I don't know like who this is I don't know like what I said or did to make that person feel that way but it's something I will truly carry with me for the rest of my life. And I want to continue to make people to feel important and be able to support them to make a difference in their own ways in the name of animals. You so, do make, you are really, really good at that, Emily. You well, are. thank you. I appreciate it. So my aha moment came quite late in life. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> it's probably still ahead of many of us. We go to college too early, I think. You need, you need to like, it's okay. Truly, uh, your 20s are designed for a quarter-life crisis, and I'm currently in one. <laughs> Woo, we all are! Super Welcome Katie, who figured hers out. It's a club. Uh, it's a great okay. club. <laughs> uh, Abby, how did you get into this? So I was very fortunate to grow up in a family that really appreciated being outside. Um, so I've mentioned this before, but my first camping trip that I ever took was when I was eight months old. Uh, I don't remember it, if you're wondering. <laughs> um, but my parents said they they laid me down between them in the tent. 
Um, and then every year since then I had gone camping to my, with my parents, um, up until I was in like middle school. And that's when I started getting more involved in 4-H. Um, so we didn't have as many time, not as much time to go camping, but while I was in 4-H, I, uh, there's a, in our County, we had different like subjects that you could do projects on. And one of them was called exploring animals which focused on exploring animals that were not your livestock animals. Cause I had, for those who don't know, I had like 40 rabbits in my garage growing up. Uh, <laughs> We've talked about that on one of the episodes. I feel yeah, like we I did. Think it was, I think it was yeah. the very first one. Yeah. Probably like it, we had a lot of rabbits. I know a stupid amount of rabbit facts to the point where people ask me if they are confused about their rabbits. Um, I'm also a rabbit lady. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but one of the categories is exploring animals. And I remember going back to the Minnesota Zoo. Um, I wrote my first curriculum when I was 13. <laughs> Amazing. And it was based on the Minnesota Zoo and the animals there. And I remember like showing it at the fair and I won grand champion on my curriculum. Woo! When I was 13 nice. years old. Woo! So um, not that the winning really mattered, but it kind of showed me that I had a knack for teaching people about animals um and the minnesota zoo was really special because that's where i had seen dolphins for the first time and i know like dolphins chaotic evil we've discussed it but that was really where i connected with animals initially and i remember that was always what i wanted to see i did trainer for a day at sea world i did behind the scenes dolphin things like i was really into it um and then when I was 13, that was also the year that in middle school, I lost all of my friends. Boo. Yeah, I was not a popular kid. Uh, to this day, I only have one person that I talked to from my high school. Um, shout out, hi, Nick. I appreciate you talking to me. Um, but I, I lost all my friends. Uh, they started to bully me for standing up for things that I thought were right. And that is when I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety, um, which I'm really open about. I don't care if people know. Um, and then that year, that summer, my mom was like, okay, we have got to do something so that you're not just sad all the time. We could get you an outlet. And so she signed me up um, against my will, but I will be forever thankful for this, to work at a nature center um, helping take care of animals. Um, and that kind of like Kenzie's story, it really, it kind of changed my life because that was the first time that I had like been responsible for more than just my rabbits. It was like animals that were kind of weird. That's why I held a snake for the first time and like talked to people about snakes and told them, no, they're not slimy. Like they're just shiny. And then, but I remember like really hating cleaning the <laughs> tanks a lot. Um, <laughs> especially like the nightcrawler tank. Well, not the night, it was, it was the frog tank, but the frog had a nasty habit of not completely eating her nightcrawlers. And so when you deep clean the tank, you would al they'd always be like swimming in there. And it was, oh my God, I'm getting like grossed out talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember like one day, oh my God, that lizard just ate another lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I should That's record something. Ah, no, it's like regurgitating it. Ew. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sir. delicious disgusting i hate florida <laughs> oh my god anyway uh, the the my boss there um her name was kim 
Kim is, I, I credit her as being like my first mentor that really kind of pushed me in the direction of education because she was the one who was like, you like talking to people, right? And I was like, I thought that was pretty obvious because I don't know if you guys know but I love talking. Are you sure? Do you have the right? Are you sure? I I don't. I I mean, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, So because I liked talking so much and I liked sharing facts with people, she was like, you do know that's a career. And I had had no idea. And so she kind of helped me find like connect with people at the Minnesota Zoo um, who then were like, you can also be an ambassador keeper if you want to also be a zookeeper. Uh, and then I was like, tried it for a day. And I was like, I really don't want to be an ambassador keeper anymore. <laughs> Ouch. I'm sorry. I just, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm glad that other people can do it, but I am not that person. Um, but so Kim really is the one who, who pushed me to do it. And then a couple days ago, actually, it's been like over 10 years since I worked with her. And she sent me on Instagram a post and she was like, I just found that we used you as an example in training materials to show like what nature can do to somebody if you give them an outlet to like really teach others. And she had like the old training materials for other volunteers. Um, and so knowing that I made that, I'm gonna start crying too. <laughs> knowing that I was able to make an impact um, and that I mattered to people and I was making a difference in people's lives is really what kind of made me fall in love with with this industry and then being able to find like-minded people and and have that those friends again that I had that I hadn't had for like a year that's that's really what um kind of solidified it for me so I'm very thankful for that but especially my parents for taking me camping and Kim for pushing me forward oh i just want to give everyone a big hug right now when are we doing this like in-person celebration deal because we really need to figure that out i need to hug all of you we do all be vaccinated we do all be vaccinated so we could actually do it you know i have to add abby because you said thank you to your mom who put you in that camp i think that we could all probably agree on this is that a huge shout out to our parents because oh my god yes mine both of them really made sure i was always involved in nature animals and wildlife like truly every fond memory i can think of as a child i was out in nature and was around animals yeah so yeah true that honestly parents you guys are amazing apparently foundation Apparently, I've been yelling at people for littering since I was little because my parents were always <laughs> telling me about, like, Leave No Trace was something I just grew up with knowing because I'd been camping for so long. And so I would see people leaving their camps. I'd be like, you didn't pick up your trash. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have to interrupt and I have to go back one second because I literally just told this story at work the other day because we were basically having the same conversation. How did you, like, start caring about the earth? How did you start? Blah, 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 blah. But Abby, you just like triggered a memory for me. Um, when I was really little, we grew up on the Mississippi River. Like we had a boat, we'd go out, whatever. Um, and I remember I must have only been like four or five. Like I had to be tiny. And I had eaten a granola bar. And this granola bar, I was done with it. I had the wrapper in my hand. And I wanted to know what would happen if I put the granola bar in the water. 
I just, you know, I was like four, like, I don't know. So I put it in and I'm watching this girl at the bar, like the rapper float away from me. Oh my God. Please tell me you jumped off I have never gotten yelled at so bad in my whole life. My dad is like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I will always remember that moment of like, oh my God, people who litter are the scum of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) From then on, like, that was it. It was like, if you litter, like, I'm going to yell at you. And that was me to others. (laughs) Oh, shout out dad for not letting me litter. Anyway. By the way, we did rescue the granola bar wrapper. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Katie, what was your... Well, just quick, because we're on the topic of parents. Um, I will say my parents have whole heart, been a huge part of my career and always supported it. But I think one of my favorite things about getting into this field is seeing how it's impacted my family um, and seeing, like, the little things that they've started doing at home and changes that they've made because of things that I've taught them or that they've gone out and learned on their own because they've been inspired. I mean, it's like really, yeah, like sweet and stuff. So um, I will also say I sent my mother a video of one of the snakes that I work with today and she sent back, you're too close to that snake. <laughs> <laughs> which I responded, it's a ball python. They are a very docile, non-venomous snake. It's all good in the hood. Um, also, yeah, I just... need to be close to this snake because I'm taking care of this snake. Well, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, ha- I handle it in such mother, but don't worry. Um, but yeah, like, just like, obviously, it's a the passionate um love and and also slight concern (laughs) but it's all good and so they rock but I think for me the I one of the early like or I guess things that I remember really clearly being like a pivotal pivotal blah pivotal point um in learning like more about what one can do as far as a career in animals and conservation was actually a book report assignment that I had in seventh grade, um, where we had to do a book report on um, a biography. We had to read a biography, and then we had to present um, a kind of like a poster board presentation to the class about the person that we read about in the biography. So our teacher took us to the library, and she was like, here's the biography shelf. Go nuts. Everyone's choosing their person, you know, whatever, choosing athletes or uh celebrity like you know whatever they had on the shelf and I'm like looking and I see this book um and it was titled Jane Goodall and I was like I I'd never actually heard of her (laughs) before that moment in time and I was just kind of like perusing and I think on the cover of the book it must have had some sort of picture of her and a chimpanzee I'm pretty sure um and I think that's what piqued my interest I was like oh this this lady's sitting next to a chimp that's neat um and I I chose that book. I like read the back and I was like, you know, Jane Goodall, she learned about chimpanzees and great stuff. So I read it and I was just, I remember being so enthralled with how much she was able to do for that species and how she was based like one of the, um, really a pioneer in that field of primate behavior as well. Um, along with some really notable women, Um, So just also kind of seeing a woman in that, I guess, position was really awesome to me, like very inspiring. 
And I remember doing that presentation. I have never, I don't think in my life since that point, worked so hard on a presentation for a class (laughs) as I did for that assignment. I made out of like a closet, like a coat hanger, this like hanging diagram of different parts of her life. Like I really went all out with this thing. And I was so into talking about this woman and all that she did for animals and chimpanzees. And I think that really stood out to me as, you know, this was at the point in my life where I was like, I can be a vet and that's it. And I was like, this woman just kind of went out there and studied chimpanzees and made a career out of it. And I was like, I guess I could also study animals or like work with them in other ways. So I think that reading that biography was actually like kind of huge for me. And then I think another really big factor was actually then working with capuchin monkeys in college. Um, I think the point that really solidified that I wanted to work with animals and specifically training animals and doing husbandry and behavior work with them was when I was training one of our capuchins. Her name was Holly and we were working on shaping the behavior of, um, side so having her turn to the side so we can just kind of get a whole body look at her um and when we were shaping that behavior she happened to put her tail up on the ledge between us um and at that time there were only a few monkeys that we had trained on tail so they would actually present us with their tails so the same idea we could examine it um like just check it out if there was some like you know if they had any like abrasions or cuts we might be able to treat it um, without you know having to bring in a vet or having to sedate them so like that was kind of what we were training them on so we had a couple monkeys that were trained on tail holly was not um she was not near that point yet so when we were working on side and she put her tail up in between us i was like hmm interesting Perhaps if I, so I just started like reinforcing her for just allowing me to touch it. Like while it was in between us there, I would touch it, give her a treat, reinforce it. And then I started introducing the actual, um, we had like a hand signal and the word tail um, and then doing that. And she actually started to like, it was just that process of having that connection with the animal and seeing them work it out that that's what you're looking for. That's the behavior and successfully getting her to shape tail with me. Um, it's one of my, I don't, okay, this is a silly thing to get choked up about, but it's like one of my favorite memories in working with those monkeys was actually just successfully training a new behavior with her. Um, because I know in the future, that's something that's going to help her with her healthcare, with other students working with her so it was just like a huge thing a huge deal to me and why I ever since um that point I've been working to getting back into animal care and training and hey I got to work on training a raven today so your girl is back you did it I'm really happy about it and yeah um just those two things were really big for me I mean there are a million other things in between but those in two conclusion things. never give up on your dreams <laughs> don't let Go. your dreams be dreams live your dreams <laughs> yeah animals rock man they really do so and we would be uh, nowhere without them thanks so thank what are what are our like words of advice for this field 
my advice is if you want to be a marine biologist, because too many people do, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. If you want to be a marine biologist, that's great. Um, do your research and look at all the different jobs that are out there because there are so many. Um, don't pigeonhole yourself and think like, I have to be the number one shark researcher in the whole world. Like, yeah, you might be, but you might also squid or jellyfish or a giant clam or, you know, (laughs) education. You never know what's going to happen. So rocks are cool. They rock. (sighs) Wow. Giving inspirational speech. Rocks are important. I threw the ball and Kenzie hit it out of the park. And I'm really proud of us. (laughs) What I'm getting at here is stay open-minded you heard all of us say that we wanted to be vets and now look at us Um, (laughs) now look at us (laughs) but like i said you know keep your mind open keep your ears open and don't burn any bridges behind you because every person that you've ever met in your whole life in this field knows someone else who also works in this field at a different facility so never burn any bridges as much Mm -hmm. as you can avoid it because everybody knows everybody also, you can also get I, into places for free. That's true. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like, my biggest piece of advice is make your connections and use them. Like, as crappy as it feels to, like, ask someone for help to help you get a job, like, you need that in this field because it's all about who you know and the impressions that you make on people. As much as we don't like networking, you gotta network. You gotta do it. You have to, otherwise survive. I'll say another piece of advice that I often give, uh, especially, like, kids in middle school and high school, is don't discount other things that you're interested in as, like, not helpful in the field. Um, I have a minor in theater and that has been so incredibly helpful in the animal field because you're able to kind of understand how people receive information. So if you're interested in something that's not animal related, and if you don't want to be a biologist, but you still really love animals, there's a way to mix all your passions together. Zoos are not just people that care about the animals. They are people who need marketing and graphic design and business and maintenance. If you don't want to go to traditional college, but you still want to work at zoos, go to a trade school and then work as an, like an Aquarius technician. All those people are so important and there is no reason that you cannot mix your passions, even if it's not animals, but your passions together to find Mm -hmm. a career that's going to really speak to you. True that. You'd be surprised how much you can actually mix your passions together. That's my biggest advice, I think, is people don't realize, but there is there is a way to smush it all together. There's a good mm-hmm. job out there for you, and you might have to create it yourself, but your your skills as an individual are needed, and they're wanted, and there is a way that you can absolutely achieve it. That's true. Very true. Anybody else got any last words of advice before we jump into this conclusion? Uh, thank you. Um, Go for it. I would say volunteer when you can, especially yeah. if you're younger. Um, it's not only volunteer, intern, you know, do it all because that's how you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. The only way to know is by doing. Um, and I mean, a lot of us can probably speak to that. There have probably been positions where we're like, Meh, like Abby said, like keep, zookeeping was not her thing. Nope. 
Um, I actually did work in a greenhouse prior to animal care um, at my college. <laughs> so I learned that as, as much as I actually, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but it was not for me in the long run. And, you know, so by kind of, and also by volunteering, you're really also building that network. You are learning just more about conservation in general. Like the more you volunteer at different places, the more you're going to learn. And we acknowledge that like everyone's going to help volunteering and unpaid internships are an incredibly privileged thing to they be able sure to have. Are. This is also true. We totally get that. Um, so if you are somebody who still wants to be in the animal field and you cannot afford or somehow cannot have those opportunities because of your, you're just not able to do that. Ask people because Personally, if anybody asked me, I would find some way to help them break into the field. Well, and there and- are, there, are, I'll say this, um, like personally for myself, when I was looking for internships in college, um, you know, the stipulation from my parents was it has to be a paid internship. Like we cannot support you. And unless you're willing to put in the work to support yourself, like that's your option. Um, they're out there. They're few and far between, but you make yourself competitive and you make it work. Um, I also know plenty of people who've gotten their animal care um, starts like at a pet store or um, at other, there are so many different avenues. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of, the nice thing about volunteering is a lot of those places have really small hour requirements. So, you know, you can be working a full-time job or going to school full-time and volunteering, you know, two hours a week, two hours a month, et cetera. I literally volunteered at a bird um, rehabilitation center the and, <laughs> and I literally, I only went once a week, sometimes once to go and I just couldn't go and I would only be there for like two hours and that was it. But there, It's all still valuable experience um, just because someone is able to take, you know, a 40 hour a week unpaid internship doesn't mean that your, you know, five hours a week volunteering means nothing. Um, right. It's completely agree. And a lot of times your work ethic yes. can get you far again, because it's a pretty close knit community, how mm-hmm. you work and the quality of work that you put in that does get noticed. So it does. Just, just try your best and progress is not a linear line and it is okay to take time for yourself, to take care of yourself, because, you know, bills got to get paid. You got to mm-hmm. in your belly, got to keep a roof over your head. And you can still help animals and be involved in conservation, even if you're not directly holding a job in that field. And it is okay for dreams to change. That I know that sounds more like general advice, since that's not particularly to this realm, but it it, it is... It's advice. It's good advice. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. No, my dreams are currently in the process of changing. So here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's okay for your dreams to change. And I will tell you all right now, you know, I would love to get back into zoo and education, but I'm actually pretty happy with my plants. But I also mm-hmm. really want to be a writer. <laughs> all and, of the jobs that don't pay well. <laughs> and not to discount you, Kenzie, but, uh, you know, Education is a great life for me, but my true dream is to be a trophy wife someday. <laughs> so, 
someday. We'll get there. You know what? Honestly, honestly, Emily, the more I think about it. (laughs) David, let's bring in that chunk of change. Then you can like you could like then you could volunteer like anywhere and just help out. All right. This is a different topic. So let's get on (laughs) to our announcement. Let's wrap it up, Abby. All right. Well, if you guys uh Happy one year, all my queens. Cheers Woo! to all of you. I'll shake Woo! my ice in my glass. There, cheers. <laughs> um, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. We appreciate you so sure much. Um, and we want to hear from you. If we have a guest on an episode, what what kind of guests would you like? We've got connections with people in all kinds of fields, including sustainable costuming in theaters, veterinary science, all kinds of cool stuff. So let us know if you uh, have any suggestions for episode ideas. We do keep a running list. Um, also, most exciting thing, you've been waiting for it. We are in the process of starting our Patreon. Woo! So uh, currently, um, I am working on it. We've got two tiers set up, um, a $5 a month tier and a $10 a month tier. If you would like to become one of our first patrons, you can look for Conservation Queens podcast on Patreon. Um, We would like to show you some behind the scenes content, maybe do some bonus content every couple of months. I still want us, I still want Emily to roast Finding Nemo really bad. Yeah, Um, that's true. And I want to roast the Jungle Book because I have some feelings about it. Um, (laughs) It's Lion King, even though it's my favorite movie. (laughs) We can I didn't say Patreon, I didn't like so the Jungle Book. I said I want to roast it. I also love Finding Nemo, but they we do have some questions. Um, so that would be like kind of our patron content would be, I think, sillier things <laughs> that are a little bit goofier. Um, so As if we're not already that every episode. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, so please look us up on Patreon. Become uh, our first patron. That would be very exciting. Uh, we might if also... you're our first patron, we will give you the biggest shout out next episode. Literally. You <laughs> also actually, might... you know what? Let's do this. Whoever our first patron is, why don't we let them pick our next episode idea? Ooh, Ooh, I think that's, that's a really that's nice idea. I'm gonna go Wait, I'm gonna go become our next patron. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, so we'll give you time. We're gonna do my chaotic evil battle royale, and then we can do yours. <laughs> um and we might partner with certain companies and do some giveaways that we will That's do true. on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. So become a subscriber. Um, if you don't want to give us money, that's fine. Um, I want to be clear, the money that we'd get would probably be going back into the podcast or into conservation. We would love to have this as a way to donate to conservation or help improve our podcasting. Or just so get like us some nice mics is really what that's literally what it is. Food. I was gonna say for those who don't have microphones, this could be a way for us to get you a microphone. <laughs> Yes. Um, so that we can improve our podcast for your listening and then also improve the earth with that. Um, for your enjoyment as well. <laughs> absolutely. Maybe get better at editing. All kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> um, so social media, if you don't want to support us on Patreon, that is okay. We still love taking your suggestions on social media. You can email us at conservationqueenspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at conservationqueenspodcast. And uh, you can follow our website, which is, I believe, wixsite.com, my, my wixsite.conservationqueenspodcast.com. I don't know. It's linked in our Facebook and on our Instagram. You can check it out. Uh, if you would like to help us for completely free, please rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. It is the best way to help other people discover our podcast. 
We were in the top 100 nature podcasts in our first year. We'd love to be in the top 50 for our next year. So please keep yeah. reading and reviewing. Um, we do have more reviews now, which is awesome. Um, but with that, thank you so much for joining us this week and all the weeks and all of last year. And now go out there and say sustainable. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.